Okay, let's begin our discussion of Parshas Vayetze. Parshas Vayetze, and just to, before we start, today's shir is Zecher Nishmas, Aaron Moshe, Ben Yukutiel, Yehuda, who had a Hakamas Matseva today. The Devi Torah that we speak tonight should be an aliyah for his neshama, Aaron Moshe, Ben Yukutiel, Yehuda. Okay, let's start off with, as I've tried to do over the one, once or twice over the past couple of weeks, just a one-liner, which uh, people like just to have if they have to say a quick Tvar Torah and have it in their back pocket. I might have even mentioned this last year, but it's, uh, it's worth repeating. The end of the first Aliyah, so we have the famous story of Yaakov and the Sulam, Sulam Mutzav Artsa, the only time the word Sulam appears in all of Tanakh. Uh, at the end of the Parsha, Avram Avinu, uh, Yaakov Avinu wakes up, and says, I can't believe where I am. Vayira vayomar, pasig yuzayin, manorah hamakom hazeh. There are here if anybody uh, needs. Wow, how awesome is this place? Manorah hamakom hazeh. Ein zeki im beis elokim v'zeh shar hashamayim. Wow, I can't believe here is the beis elokim, the house of God, v'zeh shar hashamayim, and these are the gates of heaven. So I heard Shem Rav Aaron Lichtenstein, what's the difference between a bias and a sha'ar? Right, Ayakov Avinu wakes up and says, "Base Elokim and Shara Shemayim." This is Haramoria. This is the base of Megdash. What's the difference between a bias and a Sha'ar? A bias is a place we go to. That's an ends. We go to a house. We go there and we're there. That's it. That's a bias. A Sha'ar we don't go to, but we go through. We go through a Sha'ar. We don't go to a Sha'ar. That's a means. It's not just an ends. The base Hamigdash was on the one hand the bias. It was a place that we all went um, for Aliyah Regel. It was a place where we saw the Akravas Akarbanos and we saw the Kohanim and we saw everything inspiring happening there. But then we used that experience as a means to get even closer to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, to be inspired for the rest of our lives when we go back home after Aliyah Regel, After we have the Mitzvah of Lina sleeping over in the base Hamigdash and we go back home, the base Hamigdash is meant to be both the bias, base Elohim, and ends but also a shah, a zeshah hashamayim. And that could be really every experience, every spiritual experience, every mitzvah that we do. On the one hand, it's an ends. We do the mitzvah. We put on tefillin. We make kiddush. Every mitzvah is an ends in itself. That's the goal, to do the mitzvah. But it's also a shah. It's a shah. It's a way of getting closer to Hashem, to have deeper dveikus and connection with Him, capital H, that's how we look at the base of Migdash. That's how we look at every stop on our train of Ruchnius throughout our life, as a bias and as a Sha'ar. Okay, let's go back to the beginning. First Pasuk in the parsha tells us, Vayetze Yaakov mi Be'er Haran. Yaakov leaves Be'er he goes to Haran, and we're familiar with Rashi. Rashi says in the second Rashi in the parsha, Vayetze lo hayetzarech lichtov ele vayelech Yaakov Harana. The Pazak should have just said, Yaakov went to Haran, right? Look at the end of last week's Parsha. He left already. We spoke about that. He left because of what, what Rivka said. So what does it have to say here? He left again. He left Beersheva. Rashi says, Elam Magish Makom The imprint that a tzaddik has on a place is indelible. And when a tzaddik leaves a certain area, he makes an impression. When a tzaddik comes to a certain area, he makes an impression. And when a tzaddik leaves. So this vayetze is not a physical leaving, but it's really what he left. He left his mark. When he goes out, That's what it means that he left. So that's Rashi, which we're familiar with. 
The Beis HaLevi has a different way of looking at it. It says the Beis HaLevi in source number one, we only have the Beis HaLevi on Sefer, Bracious, and Shmos, so we have to use the Beis HaLevi as we have him. So it says the Beis HaLevi in source number one, he quotes Rashi, and then he quotes on the fourth line, Od Yeshlomar, another idea, and another level of interpretation. Whenever a person goes anywhere, whenever we take a trip, there are two reasons, there are two motivations that might be behind our trip. Either because we want to leave where we are, there's something negative where I am, and therefore I must leave. I have to get out. I'm leaving to leave. That's number one. Or the second way is, I don't really want to leave, but you know what? I have to be there. I have to be in the other spots. I have to go to the other spot. Is the Iker, I'm leaving, or is the Iker, I'm going? It's a very different reflection of those, the, those two phrases. In both cases, you're doing the same physical action, going from point A to point B. But is it because there's a problem by point A, or there's something special that I want to be at, at point B? So we come to Yaakov Avinu. You know what the Torah is hinting to in the first Pasuk? Yaakov went for two reasons. We already know he physically left. But now this Pasuk is giving us an insight into why he left. Number one, the Iker Kavana, why did he leave? To be Mekayim, what his mother said, and what his father said. But that's two different reasons, as we mentioned at the end of last year. The Rivka Amrala, what did Rivka tell him? Hine Esav Achicham is Nachim Lachal Hargecha, Esav wants to kill you, I saw Benevua, Viatav Achulukum Brachachalavan, you have to leave. Is dangerous here. There's something wrong in point A, where you are. The Iker Kavanasa he shalo sheva. Malcolm Sheesav Sham, he can't be here. The Iker is the Yitzia. But what did Yitzchak tell him? What did Rivka tell Yitzchak? And Yitzchak told him, My son, it's time for you to find a wife. It's time for you to get married. There are wonderful women there. The two women there. Uli Yitzchak lo Amr Kozos. Rakshalo Yikach Isham Abidos Kanan. The women aren't good here for you. You have to go there. So according to Yitzchak, what was Yaakov's reason for going? It was going. It wasn't leaving. It was because there, there was a tachlis for him. And when Yaakov went, he had both kavanas in mind. In one action, he was able to be Mekayim Kibbut Av and Kibbut Aim. That's the Pasuk. It was the Yitziah and it was also the Halicha. But it even connects, he says just in the last line, we appreciate what the Pasuk is emphasizing in the end of the previous Parsha, Maftir in last week's Parsha. What does it say? Vayishma Yaakov el Aviv ve'el Imo Vayelech Padena Aram he listened to Aviv and Imo. What's the Chiddush of that Pasuk? Say so he left. We know his parents previously told him to leave. No, it's telling us that he left for both reasons. He was Mekayim. He did a Lishma. He was Mekayim both El Aviv, what his father wanted, the going, and El Imo, what his mother wanted, the leaving. That's the emphasis of Ayetza Yaakov. It's not a repeat. It's telling us a deeper insight into the idea.
Okay, continuing now with the famous vision, Yaakov Avinu, Yaakov in the ladder, Jacob's ladder. By Yachalom, the Pasuk says in Pasuk Yudbez, he has a dream. Ladder on earth, reaching up to heaven. The Malachim going up, the Malachim Eretz Yisrael are leaving, the Malachim Chutz are coming down. The Shemana Tov, in his second volume, in source number two, we have two Shemana Tovs tonight, Shemana Tov quotes from the Radziner, Shamati B'Shem HaKodesh Mi Razin, that Sulam stands for, or could stand for Rashi Tevos, Su'udas Livui Malka. Sulam stands for Malava Malka. Su'udas Levayas Malka. Having the Su'da on Moti Shabbos. Va'oso Su'da Po'el Shemagiyah HaShemaimah. And that's the Sulam. It's Mutzav Artsa. It's on the on the ground. And Rosha Magia HaShemaimah. The Su'da is on the ground. People don't think of it. So, 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 so chashev. It's so important. But Rosha Magia HaShemaimah. It's, it's top. It can help us reach the heavens. I saw this is also, this Razina is also quoted in uh, the Minag Yisrael Torah. The Sefer, I think I've quoted before from uh, Sefer Amin Hagim, Al Seder Hamishnah Brura in Surah number three. Go there for a minute. Where he adds in, Mutzav Arza, on the fifth line, Pirish. She'ein ho'olam nisharin bazeh. It's on the ground. People aren't careful. Halavai, people should be careful about Shalashudis. But, the Shalashudis is, is one level. But Malava Malka is even a, a secondary level to the secondary. Right? But that's people are Nizar. Avarosha Magi Ashamaima. And then he also quotes what the Lebliner, Rav Kalkazmi Leblin said, Delachain Asaha Machaber, fascinating, that the Shulchan Arach has a whole simon on the Sudas Malava Malka. Simon Shin, it's one sif. The whole sif have a Sudas Malava Malka. That's it. The Simon Shin. Why, why is it a whole simon? Just stick it at the end of Myrif. Right, stick it. What do you have a whole simon from Malava Malka? He adds on the Lebliner, one more. Simon Tafyu Tesson Shulchan Arach is five words. Some Simonim have a hundred Simon There are five words in the whole Simon Tafyu Tes. Mitzvah Laharbos Bisudas Rosh Chodesh. That's it. That's the whole Simon. A whole Simon. There are four Simonim in Hilchos Rosh Chodesh. Just put that into the next one. You have to have a whole Simon. No, the Mechaber is emphasizing to us the importance of these two. These two Su'udosh, which aren't obligatory in the regular sense. It's not a Chiyuv like the, the Shalos Su'udosh of Shabbos. Right? Shur you don't have to have red. But it's Mitzvah Laharbos. To recognize and to reflect that I realize it's a special day. Mitzvah Laharbos, Mitzvah Laharbos, so the Shulchan Aruch put them as separate Simanim. You have to learn this Simon. What does this Simon say? Shur Hashodesh. What does it say? Su'udosh Malav Amalka. And then he ends off al derech drush. El Navi is on Hara Carmel, and he's screaming at Klal Yisrael. He's about to prove the Nevi'e Habal wrong. And what does he say to them? The second to last line: An Why do you keep jumping back and forth from one side to the other? You want to follow God? Follow God. You want to follow the Baal? Follow the Baal. But al derech drush. And why do you keep skipping over on these seifim, on these two seifim in Shulchan Aruch, Simon Shim and Simon Tafiyutas, these little seifim that people forget about? Hilchas Suras Rosh Chodesh and Suras Malav Amalka, Klal Yisrael. When are we going to take those seriously? It's a little bit more about uh, Malav Amalka. But now let's go back to the Shem Atov. So the Raziner says Sulam in our pasuk Suudas Levayas Malka. 
And the kasha obviously is, why here? Why here? What exactly is meant? And why is it so important? We know the Mishnah Bura quotes from the earlier sources, Malava Malka is the meal that nourishes a certain bone, a certain aver in our body, that different names of it in Kabbalah, that that's where Tzchiyas HaMesim is going to come from, because that was the only bone, the Sharetzian says, that didn't take parts, that didn't get nourished from the Eitz Hadas. Right, because Malava Malka was after Shabbos, he sinned before Shabbos. So every other part of the body got Hana from the from the Eitz Hadas, but on Motzei Shabbos, this special bone only gets nourished from Malava Malka. So that's why that bone is pure, it has Chayim forever, it's t- eternally alive, and that's why that's where Tchiyas HaMesim is going to come from. There's a lot of Kabbalah on Motzei Shabbos having to do with Malava Malka. But here's the Shem Tov, is there any way that we could understand that this has something to do with Yaakov Avinu? Sula Musavartsa, Suda Slavayas Malka, what does it have to do with Yaakov Avinu dreaming here? Line 6. Machashivas shall also asulam, letochan dvar Hashem, or lenidro shall Yaakov. What does it have to do with the context where, where we are now? Elanira. Says the Shemanatov of Weinberg. De Iker Tochan Asulam, Mashanemar, Vihine Hashem, Nitzav Alav. What does it say about the Sulam? Hashem was on it, Alav. What's the it? A love can mean it, but it also can mean him. Vihine Hashem Nitzav Alav. There are two ways to understand that phrase. Alav Kai Al Hasulam. Maybe it's going on the ladder. God Kaviyachal is on top of the ladder. Oh, Alav Kai Al Yaakov. Or he's going on Yaakov Avinu. So which is it? Is he on top of the ladder? Is he on top of Yaakov? Vaha Emes He Sotkin. Really, they're both possible. And remember, we are B'nai Yisrael, B'nai Yaakov. These are two ways of getting close to God. There are two ways. Most of the time, what, we, what do we do? We have the latter. We go step by step. Step one, step two. You go step after step. You have the latter and you go up all the way to God who's on top of the ladder. Hashem, the top of the ladder. You go step by step. You don't skip steps. I teach uh, Masul Sisharim in the morning. My shit, we do a few minutes of Masul Sisharim. So this morning, somebody, I don't know, just worked out. I thought of it now. So this morning, one of the Talmudim were to, all the way towards the beginning, per base, per gimel. So somebody opened it up from the back. It's like, Greg, why can't we start from the back? I start from the back. I said, you're already at the level of Ruch HaKodesh. Tchiyas, amazing Ruch HaKodesh, go backwards. I'm in Zahirus and Zrizus. So the beginning of Masul Sisharim explains it step by step. You can't jump to the last chapter because you have to go through every chapter and work our way up. So that's the first way. We have the ladder, and God is on top of the ladder. Aval Madrigas Yaakov Avinu. But the other pshat, Hashem Nitzavalov, might also mean he was on top of Yaakov. What does that mean? Dochel Agamre Es Hasulam. Yaakov Avinu was on such a level that he could just do something that in an instant he could be there. He could jump. He could have that moment, that inspiration that he's there. He has that connection. Skipping steps. Without going through the proper and usual channels. Yaakov didn't want to go on the Sulam. In other words, He knew that God was on top of him. So there are ways that a Jew goes step by step and then reaches God. And then there are ways that a Jew can automatically jump the regular channels, jump the regular levels, and get close to God. Says the 
And that's, that's the symbol of Yaakov's ladder. The two, both ideas that are possible with Vahashem Nitzavalav, symbolizing the ladder to God step by step, rung by rung, and the ladder to God skipping the ladder. Nitzavalav, God is next to you. V'yitachein, Lomar, now, says the Shemanatov, maybe this is behind the Ratziner, T'shnei drashos elu yeshnam b'chol ben Yisrael b'chol u'b'shavis. That's the difference between our weekday connection to Hashem and our Shabbos connection to Hashem. D'b'chol ola al hasulam, on weekday, it's not always so clear to see God and to feel we're working, we're involved in the world around us, we're busy, we're doing homework. We're, there's so much going on, it's hard to focus. So the weekday is the ladder, step by step. We eventually get there, but it's a little more difficult. It's a, it's a journey. Aval b'shabes ba'an neshama yaseira va'omid kalayom b'matzav shel v'hinei Hashem nitzav alav. The neshama yaseira comes along on Shabbos and says, "No, it's easy. Just jump up. Don't worry about the ladder. Just jump up. I'm here." Hakadosh Baruch Hu says, "Va'av malach rabba karachon amid b'shabes." Paraphrasing the Gemara in Shabbos that says that when the table is set when I come home from shul on Friday night, I'm accompanied with two malachim, and that's who we're talking about when we say shalom aleichem. And if the table is set, there's a malach tov and a malach ra. The malach ra has to say, oh, give me a bracha. It should be like this next week as well. Right? So when it comes, when, we're, when we experience Shabbos properly, so then Hashem is there. So now, those are, that's what a tesula, mutzav, artsav, yinei Hashem, mitzav, alav symbolizes. So now, malava malka, Suudas Lovayas Malka, that's the Sulam, as we go from into weekday, from our experience of Shabbos where it was so easy, Fini Hashem Nitzavalav upon us, as we lose this Nashami Yaseir, when we go to the Meachol, so we say, Vu'ulai, he says, that's why we, we mentioned Suudas Lovayas Malka, maybe that's the connection, that's the transition, kind of asking Akadish Barachu, let us bring that Shabbos experience. Into into the weekday, into the sulam, the suudas lavayas malka. Vulai, he finishes off. Zeu divrei haraziner to ayedei suudas malava malka. Yishari to hashpas hashabbos v'yala me'ala sulam mahakir v'hine hashem nitzavalav. What does it have to do with the sulam? It has to do with that's the transition as we go from our shabbos experience to our weekday experience. And that's the sha'ar. That's the sha'ar. It could be a su- it could be a bias. Shabbos is a bias, and Shabbos could also be a sha'ar. Exactly, fitting into the first the first thought we mentioned. Okay, Moving right along, we continue. Perachavches, pasuk Well, the next pasuk. Got a lot in the beginning of the parsha this week. V'hini Hashem nitzavalav, as we just mentioned, Hashem was on it. Vayomer, Hashem says, Ani Hashem alokei Avram Avicha. I am Hashem, the God of your Avram, your father, Veloke Yitzchak, Haaretz Hashirata Shochevalecha, Lachanet and Lazarecha, the land that you're on, I will give to your to your children. So Hashem says, I am the God of Avraham and Yitzchak. Rashi. What does Rashi say? Eloke Yitzchak. Very unusual. Afalpi, Shalomatsinu Bemikra, Shayichet Akadish Baruch Shmoat Sadikim Bechayehem. Usually when it's Sadik, when a person is alive, we don't call them Elokei blank. You don't write the Gedolim books while people are still alive. Well, that's what this Rashi can mean. The Gedolim books, even if somebody's a Gadol, you're not going to write the book until after after 120 years, and then you write the Gedolim book. You're not going to write it while he's alive. He didn't finish yet. He didn't finish his book. So says Rashi, 
it's what Hashem is called already saying of okay Yitzchak. Yitzchak's still alive. So how is he called okay Yitzchak? Even though Hashem usually doesn't do that, don't believe me. Right? Everybody has to fill fill their life. Here Hashem made an exception. He said, "Okay, Yitzchak," even though Yitzchak was still alive. Why? Because, as we know from last week, he was blind. And he was stuck in his house. He was very elderly. He couldn't move. It was as if he was dead already, Rashi says. So he was he was he was off the national biblical scene, so to speak. And therefore, you know, Kurdishbarku could say, okay, Yitzchak. Wonderful. Rashi is not so controversial. If you take this in a vacuum. But if we were Mavra Sedra a little bit, and we look later in the Parsha, Rashi says the exact opposite later in the Parsha. If you look later on in Perak Lamed Aleph, Pasig Membez, Perak Lamed Aleph, Pasig Membez, when Yaakov Avinu is screaming at Lavan, defending himself, I didn't steal your sheep, you know what kind of defense I had to do to all these sheep, and I had to do, I worked day and night and 20 years, so, and the only way I got by was that Hashem helped me out. Pasig Membez, Lule Elokei Avi, Elokei Avram, Upachad Yitzchak, I would have gone away with nothing. Kodesh Baruch will help me out. What does he say? Elokei Avraham ufachan Yitzchak. doesn't really say God's name. Pacha, which is a nickname of God. Akinui. Says Rashi. Pacha Yitzchak. Lo ratzalomer Elokei Yitzchak. He didn't want to say Elokei Yitzchak. She'ein HaKadosh Baruch Hu miyachit shmol atzadikim v'chayeihem. Hashem does not connect his name. Right? The Gdolim book is not written in a person's life. The AFP, right? You could praise them. Pachad, right? But you can't write the real, ultimate, LOK. The AFP, Shamalo, Bitsesum, Iber Shavat. Now Rashi himself notes the problem. We'll have to understand what the problem is. Even though when he went out of Beersheva, Ani Hashem, LOK, Avram, Avicha, LOK, Yitzchak, Vishvil Shako, Enavara, Yukamais, God already said it, because Yitzchak was as if he was, he was not alive. Yaakov Nisari Lomer, LOK. It was said earlier, but Yaakov didn't want to say it. What's the difference? If, the, if he's off the biblical national scene and we could say a okay, so what's the difference in the first case where Hashem is talking to him and the second case where he's talking to Lavan? We're talking about the same person. We're talking about Yitzchak. Rashi just says he didn't want to say it. Why didn't he want to say it? Two ideas. Again, this is just reading Rashi. Reading Rashi. A lot of times we're like, me, Marvel, Sedra, we're trying to get through it and we don't like focus. What did Rashi say two prakam ago? But we have to remember this Rashi, Rashi Allah Torah. Two ideas, right? The, again, the second and final Shemana Tov of the night. Source number four at the bottom of the first page. He quotes these two Rashi's and he quotes Vutamua. What's the difference? The Rashi Chilik being Amiras Hakadosh Baruch Hu biyichit Shmo Alav Avay Yaakov Nis Yarei Velo Bier. Rashi like didn't finish this sentence and he was scared because Rashi didn't finish. Why? So for that, we have to come on first to the words of Rav Shach. Shemana Tov quotes Rav Shach in source number 5 from Sefer Meirosh Amana where he quotes the Rabbah Menuchus Shuva which we mentioned a couple of weeks ago as well. Rabbah Menuchus Shuva where the Rabbah discusses the difficult philosophical idea that Hashem knows everything before we did it and we still have Bechirah Chavshis. So that's a difficulty the Rabbah deals with. We gave the mushal a few weeks ago about the, watching the video. 
But that's what he just, that's what the Rav Shach relates this to on the fourth line. Dahainu. Even though a person has free will to do everything he wants, but Torah in following every mitzvah, or to do the opposite. A person has full and a person is obligated to choose good and to choose life. Yet we believe, though we do not understand it fully, that God knows. God is outside of time. God knows what's going to happen, even though I have free will. I can't understand it fully. We have Mishalom to help us understand it. We discussed it then. But that's the Rambam's issue. The Ravid asked there in Hilkas Shuva, why do you even bring it up? We can't understand it. You should have just not written about it. Sometimes you bring up questions and you can't answer them. But the Rambam thinks he gave an answer. Even though we really can't fully understand it, but we believe they're both true. We have Bechir and Hashem knows. If that's true, says Roshach, that's the difference between God talking and Yaakov talking. God can say something because He knows. He knows what's going to be for the last, next few years of Yitzchak's life. He's allowed to say, he could write, he could write the Gedolim book already. He doesn't have to wait. He doesn't have to wait. Because he's a Kaddish Baruch Hu. He knows. Yes, Hashem could say it. He doesn't even go a hair's breadth to the side. Yaakov Avinu. He's a human being. He's an amazing human being. He's one of the Avos. But he's still a human being. From the vantage points of human beings, we have free will. And if we have free will, my father has free will, and I cannot call it until that point. So he says, So it's a difference between HaKadosh Baruch Hu talking and Yaakov Avinu talking, and a human being talking. The Shemana Tov, though, adds on a Hosafa. doesn't have to say it's a separate idea. But a Hosafa, it's not just a human being talking. It's a son talking about a father. After all, what did Rashi say? What's the reason that HaKadosh Baruch Hu could say, Elokeis, Kalubabayis, he's already over a battle, he's already gone, he doesn't have any constructive, constructive uh, reasons anymore to be involved. A son can't say that. A son can't talk that way about his father. The Im Kane says that on this line 16, who Chashav Kameis, like Rashi said, that's very harsh words. The Im Kane ain't bazek kavod av. Ulehavach yesh bazek bizayon. Kilu hu avro batlam in olam. How could a son talk about a father that way? Afa pishu hu adayin kayam if he's alive. The ain't zeh machajo sosa chash v'salam mashakodesh baruch hu meyid. I'm not allowed to say something negative about my father, even if it's true. Even if God knows, Avol Yaakov beno lechpol adavar havi kein bizui vehefek kavoda av. That's why Yaakov couldn't talk that way. It's not just a human, but it's a son. A son about a father cannot refer to a father based on that idea. That's how the two Rashi's dovetail and work together. Continuing next pasuk, four pesukim in a row at the beginning. Then we'll get to the end of the parsha. At the end, end, but later in the parsha again we have we have 
many, many births in this parsha. Says the Torah in the next Pasik, back to the beginning of the Aliyah, beginning of the Parsha. Kodesh Baruch Hu's still talking to Yaakov Avinu. He's sleeping. Remember, Yaakov's sleeping. All Nevi'im besides Moshe Rabbeinu was sleeping when they got Nevuah. Avram, Yislav, Yaakov. We discussed that Lech Lecha. That's how Avraham knew. If you remember that, he was supposed to go to the Malachim. Says the Torah in Pasuk Yudal, Your seed should be like the dust of the earth. Ufaratzta Yama Vakeima Vatsafon of Enegba. And they'll spread out west, east, north, and south. And all the mishpachos will be blessed in you and your in your children. What is the mushal of the dust? What exactly is that meant? Dust, dust, sometimes dust, sometimes stars. Why dafka dust? What does that te- tell? What does that tell us? And I might add in a question: What? Why at this juncture in Yaakov's life does he need to hear that mushal? Dafka now he needs the mushal. Tell me, they're going to be like the stars. Dafka now I have to hear that mushal. My children are going to be like the dirt. Kafar haaretz. And another question. Number one, why the mushal itself? What is the message of dirt? Number two, why dafka now is it needed? Number three, if you're telling somebody you are going to spread out, your children are going to be like, and you're looking out on the horizon, north. South, east, west, would we say the directions like that? Each one opposite the other one? If I'm showing somebody an expanse, we should go east, north, west, south, I'm going around. And yet, the Pasakir, Kaddish Baruch Hu says, your children are going to be Yama Vakeim of Asafon of Enegma. West, east, north, south, like, like opposites, but not in, not in order of going around. So why exactly is that done as well? So we start with a Svarno and we move on to a Klayakar. There's a team Rishon Achron that could help us answer the question. First comes the Svarno. Svarno in source number six, Vahaya Zarachak Afar Haaretz, says the Svarno, Ufaratzta. What does it mean? You'll be like the dust and Ufaratzta and you will spread out. Achar Sheyia Zarachak Afar Haaretz. If it's not just a description of what Bnei will be like, the number but it's the state that Bnei Yisrael will be in. When will we, we be zochet to the ultimate bracha of Ufaratz, the Yama Vakim Safon of Anegba? Only after the Hayazaracha Kafar Haaretz. Keinyin Vatasimi Karetz Gavich Vachakutz Lovrim, Vizeshiu Batachlis Hashiflus. How does Jewish history work? There's always it's a cyclical pattern. We get, we're the most downtrodden, the most shiflus. And only after that, such header, such darkness, Oz Tifros is called Gvulots. When we're like dirt, when we're stepped on, when we're trampled, when we're lowly in the Gullus, then only after that we will spread out. Line eight, Ki Amnam Teshua Sakel Hasida, Tia Acha Rov Shiflus Yisrael, Hahove Hayom Begalusam. When will the Yeshua come, the ultimate Yeshua, after being so being downtrodden in so many times in history, every century since the Churban, there has been tragedies and we have been downtrodden. When's the Golos going to come? After Zarach HaKafar Haaretz. This is the message Yaakov Avinu needs because he's going into Golos for the first time. As the Ramban writes on the parsha, Maisa Avo Simen Labanim. This is the beginning. This is the beginning of it. Maisa Avo Simen Labanim. Yaakov's going out to Golos most of Yaakov's life. 
Right? He spends now many years, Padan Aram, many years in Mitzrayim. Think quantitatively, so much of Yaakov's life is in Galus, because so much of Am Yisrael's life is in Galus. So much without a, without a, without a base of Megdash. And that's what the Sverno said the Pazik is alluding to as Yaakov is about to go to Galus for the first time. He says, This is the way of Galus. It's going to take it downtrodden. We're going to be stepped on, but there's always hope. Because after, after Zarach HaKarf Afar Aretz, Ufaratza Yamavakeim Avasafon Avanekpa. The Klayakar along the same lines says maybe that's the idea why the directions are formulated as they are. Opposite each other and not in a circle. Source 7. Shlomo Ephraim Lenchitz. Majahizkir. That's the. Klayakar had, had Shlomo added on at the end of his life when he was sick. Ephraim Lenchitz is his real name, but it was Shlomo was added on. So Shlomo Ephraim. Klayakar so, is his most famous work. The Olos Ephraim are his. Uh, is a, he has a five-volume work with a lot of different svarim in the set, but the clay yucker is where, where he made his mark in Jewish history. Why are the directions given opposite each other? And they're not mentioned keseder, like you say, it's going to spread around. Lefi sheamru b'medrish te'ein hatashua bali yisrael kiim bizman sheim betachlus hashiflus. This salvation will only come when we are fully downtrodden. This how, that's how the Golas has to be. We will go down to the dirt. What's ran right after that? Why? Now he gives a little time. Why is this? If we are, don't feel that downtrodden existence as Enon Tolin Bitchonam Bashem. We don't fully realize it's all totally on God. We think we're dependent on people, on armies, on others who could we have connections with. We trust in others. We don't trust only in God. The Alkain, that is why Richa Kashemesa Adam Barabaha Azuva. Why is it that Jewish history is the story of being downtrodden in Gullus? is to bring us to that ultimate recognition that HaKol Me'is Hashem doesn't, no government is there to help us, no president, we, could, we have to do our Hishtablus, but ultimately it's all in the hands of God. There's nobody else. Only then will our eyes be lifted up to God. Rav Yaakov Kamenetsky writes in Parshas HaAzinu and Emes Liyakov, I didn't give it to you, but he writes the Gemara in Sanhedrin tells us, Mashiach, Mashiach's only going to come, ain't Mashiach ba, ela kishemisiach das mina geula. Gemara at the end of Sanhedrin. Only when you have a hesach adas. When you're not thinking about the geula, say Mashiach's going to come. What? When you're not thinking, see peace of Yeshua. It's one of the questions that we're going to have to answer. No, says Rav Yaakov, it's only going to come when we have a hesach adas, that the geula is going to come any other way except from God. Until we have that realization, we think that an army is going to save us, that a person is going to save us, that we have some other way except the Kodesh Baruch Hu himself. So up until that, until we have Hesach Hadas from those types of, of beliefs, Ein Ben David Ba. So that's exactly what the Klayakar is saying here. Once we have that realization, Uba Osozman, line 8, Hatashua Ba Derek Brichem, when we have that realization, it's going to go, it's going to jump, it's going to go unbelievable from the lowliest spots all the way to the highest. May 
as the Gemara says. And it's going to go from one extreme to the other extreme. Right? That's what's meant by the directions being opposite each other. Because that's how Jewish history works. We're so low down and all of a sudden we're so high up. Yosef HaTzadik is sitting in jail for a crime against one of the great officers of Mitzrayim a few days later, a few years later, not too long in the greater scheme of things, he's second in command. Said the viceroy of the entire world at that time. That's how it works. Mordechai is on death row and then he becomes prime minister. I mean, that's, that's how it works. But that's haaretz. And right away, Good. Moving to later in the parsha. Parachavtes pasik chavav. Parachavtes pasik chavav. So now we move on. The shvatim have not been born yet, but now we're in the Rachel and Leah story. Rachel and Leah story. Yaakov Avinu wakes up, and all of a sudden he realizes his wife is not who he thought he married. Vihinehi Leah. Vayom Lavan says the pasik in chavav. After Yaakov confronts him, Lo We don't do this in our lands. We don't give the young the younger girl before the older girl. Right? Is that ba- base, is there a base of that in halacha? Remember, Lovan's talking here. That's an interesting uh, interesting uh, point. Some this is brought down by the by the Yerushalmi, and uh, to t- talk about whether you learn halachas from before Mount Torah, not just before Mount Torah. It's Lovan, Lovan talking. So a beautiful thought in uh, one of Rabbi Zelen Pliskin's works. He has a few few works in English, uh, Ala Parsha and uh, and others. But in the Sefer Growth Through Torah, so I saw he quotes from the uh, from the Beis Halevi in source number eight. This wasn't just stam a an excuse. Oh, we don't we don't uh, give the younger daughter. But it was a deep insult, sarcastic comment to Yaakov Avinu. We don't mess around with firstborn rights in this country, Yaakov. We don't, we don't do, we don't play games with firstborns in this country. I don't know where you come from. I don't know what your history has been, but in this land, firstborns are firstborns and secondborns are secondborns. The Hamaven Yovin, Lavan said. With these words, Lavan included a subtle insult to Yaakov. In our place, we always insist that the older one marry before the younger one. We are not like you, who took away the rights of the firstborn from your older brother, Asaph. What's Lovin doing here? Lovin is using sarcasm. Sarcasm. This is the way a Lovin speaks. He uses sarcasm to attack others. If Lovin was sincerely concerned, if he really thought he wanted to say it, he could have show, spoken directly to the point. He could have said, Yaakov, this is what we... He could have said it earlier but also not in a sarcastic cone. A sarcastic remark just causes pain and is not the method of communication to use when you truly want to correct someone. Rarely does sarcasm motivate anyone to improve. Think of the last time we spoke to our children with sarcasm. Did it really work? We really got the message across there. Oh, that was a great chinuch strategy that I just used. They did that. Oh, that turned out well. Is that just hurting them? That's hurting them. Is that going to make him do it the next? Not do it the next time? It never works. Sarcasm is not the tool. Be aware when one use sarcasm and eliminate it. When it is proper to correct someone, do it with tact and respect for the other one's feelings. A love uses sarcasm. What is interesting? Asking a number of people, 
There's no real word in Lashon HaKodesh for sarcasm. Word Leitzanis is the closest, but it's not really exactly. A Leitz is somebody who mocks, somebody who you know, doesn't take things seriously. But sarcasm, which is a specific way of tr- giving rebuke in an insulting way, it's so pernicious and negative, there's no word that in Lashon HaKodesh that, that, that could describe it. Because it's so anti what we believe. You know, I looked it up. It's, it's sarcasti or something, some fancy Hebrew word that just takes the English. Right? It's not really, a, it's not, it's, maybe it's Ivrit, but it's not Lashon HaKodesh. Right? There's no word for it because it's so negative. So uh, a quote, I looked uh, online a little bit. Sarcasm is the lowest form of wit since its aim is to belittle or hurt someone and to laugh at their expense. We associate the word cutting with it. On the other hand, true wit associates with the word levity and boosts everyone's spirits, being aimed at an action, a happening, or an attitude, not at a person. This is love on you. Sarcasm. We don't do that here. That's what we learned from Olavan. Bikish Lavan Lakaris Akol, because that's the type of attitude he was. Not somebody who could really interest, who was really interested in improving. But we have to realize whenever we want to improve someone around us, someone's actions, being sarcastic is never the way to go. It makes us feel good. Right? We like, oh, that was a good comment. Right? But it's never it's never positive, it never really gets the job done. And now we have the Shvatim being born. We'll get back to one thought about the Shvatim after. I just want to do it out of order for a minute. Two more thoughts. Let's go to Paraglamad Aleph, Pasik Yud. Paraglamad Aleph, Pasik Yud. We have the miracle of the sheep. All the sheep are separated. Lavan thinks he has a great deal. And Yaakov Avinu takes these sheep and that sheep and the spotted and the speckled and the, and the, and the striped and all the different kinds of sheep and the brown and the chum. And there have been uh, doctoral theses written about uh, the sheep and how, how scientifically how it occurred. But Rashi says it wasn't science. Says the Pasik. When the sheep started to get in heat, Yaakovinu says, I looked up. The atudim, certain type of sheep that were going up on the tzone, akudim, nukudim, uvrudim. The sheep that were going up on the tzone, whatever that means, we'll see in a second. We're on the Akudim Nukudim of Rudim. And I saw this vision, and the Malach tells me, Bachalom, Yaakov, Yaakov says, Yeah, I'm here. It's only one Yaakov here. Later on in Sefer Rashis, we'll get to Yaakov, Yaakov. Yaakov is one of the four people in history that were called twice by their name. Yaakov, Yaakov, but not here. Vayomer, what does the Malach say? Sana lift up your eyes. You see these Atudim that are, that are going up? You see this vision of yours? Akudim nekudim avudim? Look closely. Ki ra'isi es kol asher lavan oselach. Because I saw what Lavan has done to you. Ask the Chavetz Chaim. What's the connection between that last phrase and everything happening here? Yaakov sees something happening, a certain occurrence. The Malach says, look at this occurrence because I know what Lavan did to you. What, what's the key? What's the reason given? And look at Rashi. What is this vision? It's the Atudim Olim Alatzon. What is happening here? Says Rashi, there was a miracle. Maybe this was the origin of the cow flying over the moon. 
Right? Everything has an origin in Rashi. Let's see. Even though Lavan took all the ones that he he thought he was smart, he took all of them to his side. The Malachim lifted up the sheep, flew him over to Yaakov's herd, and in that way they were able to reproduce the sheep that Yaakov needed to have. So you see these sheep flying out. So Yaakov sees these sheep, Olim, they were going up. He sees these sheep going up through the sky, coming down into his yard, and the Malach Hashem says, you see this? Because I saw what Lavan did to you. What's the message? Says the Chafetz Chaim, source number nine. Yadua Lakol, it is known. Kimisha Oshek Es somebody who takes money, takes an asset from their friends, who low rock Russia, Elagam Shota. If somebody steals, or somebody doesn't pay their worker, or somebody cheats on their taxes, or somebody does anything usher, it's you're not only wicked and doing something wrong, but it's a foolish thing to do. It's not going to get you anywhere. Why? HaKadosh Baruch Hu made a decree on Rosh Hashanah how much I'm entitled to this year. Right? The Gemara and Beitza. It's Katsuv me Rosh Hashanah, Rosh Hashanah. And that's it. That's what I'm going to get. V'tach Hashanah, I think I'm saving over here. So I'm going to lose it somewhere else. HaKadosh Baruch Hu has it all planned out upstairs. V'tach Hashanah, because they took somebody that wasn't in mine, it's going to be taken from me, and you know what? I'm also, of course, like more work to do. He's going to have to get involved. He's going to have to have a yachol come down and get, take more from me. He wasn't planning to do it. So really, it's not just, I'm not just, it's, just a, it's not just rishus, but it's shtus. It's foolishness. Whatever you have left, HaKadosh Baruch is going to punish you. So it's foolish. Line 10, from Mesechas Derech Eretz Zuta, Im Natalta Et She'inu Shalcha, if you take what's not yours, Et Shalcha Yitzchum Imcha, you're even going to lose what's yours. Says the Chafetz Chaim, that idea is being hinted to here. V'kol Zemrumaz Kan Batarasenu HaKadosha, next paragraph, this is all being hinted to in our Torah. Shalach Orakasha, because really says the Chafetz Chaim, as we started out, what are the Psukim, how do you read the Psukim? Eich Hiviu HaMalachim Eid Olavan Leder Yaakov, also, the mal- there's stealing going on here. How could the sheeps of Lavan go to the sheeps of Yaakov? Isn't that stealing? I'm getting my sheep based based on his his sheep. The answer is no. Why am I doing this? See in this vision? Because I know what Lavan did to you. That's an explanation for everything that's going on. Lavan took it. Lavan stole. Lavan has more. So this is what has to be done. He changed your wages ten times. And that's why I'm giving it back to you. So don't worry. Anything you take is going to come back. And he gives a mushal. Imagine a, a father and mother giving out portions to the children. They got portions of... You can fill in the blank. The favorite food that the children get... And they each get a portion. All of a sudden, one of them reaches over and grabs their their sibling's portion. World War III. And what happens? The victim screams out, Abba! Look what happened! Avi! He asked my brother and he didn't give it back to me. 
And I know, I know you don't want any, any of your children to lose out. So I can't believe this. He stole from me. So first a parent would say, it's great that you're using your words. I'm so proud of you. That's the first thing a parent should say. Right? And then after that, the child says, can I please have another portion? When the father hears the son, his son's request, he gives him a kiss, and he gives him another big portion, he says, you didn't grab back, you realize that ultimately at the end of the day, everybody's going to get what they're supposed to get, let him have it for now, because you know what? It's all going to be paid back over the year. I remember that he just took it from you, and everything will be worked out. Tomorrow you'll get double, and he'll get nothing. That's exactly what we have to do. When we, when we try to cut corners, when we don't pay something that we're supposed to pay, it's like the child. It's like the child grabbing the other kid's portion. That's what we are. We're children. We really think it's going to make a difference. gives food and nourishment to all of his creations. He's our father. So he wants... If we have to go to him, we just say, Hashem, look, look, help me out here. That's what HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants. He doesn't want him to fight. Okay, he took it from me. I think he, he, he wronged me. Don't worry. HaKadosh Baruch Hu has it covered. He'll take care of it. Where it's underlined. You don't have to fight. I'll take care of it. That's what happens here in these psukim about the sheep and the atudim, nekudim, verudim. Yaakov sees this, the Malach says, you see this? You know why this is happening? Because I know what Lavan did to you. Because I know this isn't stealing from Lavan. This is God taking care of making things right in the big picture. One final thought. Again, there's so much to talk about in Vayetze. Talk about um, each of the names. Ruvain, Shimon, Levi, I'll leave you with a question that maybe we'll come back to next year before we do. It's a question I saw in one of the Mepharshim that mentions usually a name that we give to a child is represents our aspirations for the child, represents our yearnings. We want this child to have these midos. We name after a person who had tremendous midos. It's all about the child. And all the Shvatim have to do with the mother's. Think about that. Why is he named Ruvain? Hashem saw me. Shimon, Hashem heard me. Levi, now my husband has to walk with me. I only have two hands. Now as my third child, my husband has to walk across the street with me. Yehuda, now I'm giving thanks to Hashem. They're all about, right, the, the mother. So what's the message? Usually we don't, is that, is that, is that a focus? That's uh, somewhat, it's chas v'shalom. It's not, there's obviously a message here. But it's just an interesting question to think about that all these names are focused on themselves and not on their children. So says, let's focus on one of those names. One of those names, let's go to, not one of the more, because all the Shvatim are famous, not one of the more talked about Shvatim, and that is Naphtali. Paraglamid, Pasik Ches. Paraglamid, Pasik Ches, Bilha has a child. Bilha's second child is Naphtali. Vatomer Rachel, Rachel named Naphtali, Lamid Ches. Naphtule Elokim Niftalti Imachosi, Gam Yacholti. I was Naftule with my sister and I won. Gam Yacholti. Vatikrashmo Naftali. 
Naftali is a very difficult word to translate. Rashi already notes. What does the word Naftali mean? Teal. What does that Shorish mean? Naftali. Says Rashi. Naftuli Elokim. So he quotes Wamshat, Samid Pasio. And then he quotes second shot. ikesh upsaltol. It's a lashon of struggling and wrestling. Nis akashti vehiftsarti pitsiros vinaftulam arbe. I wrestled with God. Lomakom shelio shavalachoti. I wrestled with God. I want to be shavit to my sister. I'm fighting with God. That's naftali. Says Rav Pincus. Shimshin, back page. Lamanu Anumikan. What's the message of the shame Naftali? Rachel says, I wrestled and I fought Naftuli Gam Yacholti. Whenever we have an area of Ruchnius, whenever there's something that we really want, we have to fight for it. And we have to wrestle for it. And we have to keep going for it. And we have to fight. And we have to beg. And we have to yearn and urge Hashem. Let me please. Help me, please. That's what we got to do. Naftule. That's what life's about. We have to be stubborn. Rachel was stubborn. She didn't take no for an answer. Hashem doesn't want to give me children. Well, I'm going to fight. I don't care what the Xerah is. I obviously know God is... God is the is the all good. He has everything good in mind, but I can still fight. We're not just talking about here about a new piece of furniture in the house. or a new dress. It costs more than I can afford. Hashem, let me have money. Let me have money. I want to buy that dress. I want to buy the car. That's not what we're talking about with Rachel Menu. We're talking about a chelik in the shifte ka. We're talking about the yudbe shvatin that would build Klal Yisrael. That's what she's yearning for. That's what she's wrestling with. That's the only way that we could reach levels in life. When we see a lot of roadblocks, when we see a lot of pressures that are standing in front of us, how could I have that Seder? It's impossible. I have no time. All of the Hisakesh we got to stand up and fight. We got to fight for our neshama. We got to fight for our ruchnius. We can't take no for an answer. The famous story of Rabbi Yisrael Salanter. Somebody once came to Rabbi Yisrael Salanter. Somebody said to me, I had a, I had a question. I just saw this last week. Somebody asked me, I have half an hour a day. In actual, what should I learn? Iyun, Pekius, Musr. I have half an hour a day. What should I learn? Halacha. Yisrael Salanter says, learn Musr. Because then, then you'll realize you have more than half an hour a day says, because when we start and we're kavua with it and we fight for it, then we'll realize Kodesh Baruch will help us out. We have to fight. And that's what Chazal say about Avraham. We mentioned this, that on the way to the Akedah, the Satan did everything he could. He didn't want the Akedah to happen. But why? Because the Akedah represents Suyas for Klai Yisrael forevermore. So what he dressed up like a river. And he dressed up like fire. And he dressed up. That's why we do Tashlok on Rosh Hashanah. One of the reasons. We go to the water to remember the Schus of the Akedah that happened on Rosh Hashanah. So he dressed up like water. What did Avram Avinu do? I don't care. I'm going. I'm going. There's a water in front of me. I'm going. You could have rivers. You could have storms. Lions and tigers. But if one is Mesiris Nefesh, Naftule, 
Gam Yacholti. We are Bnei Naftali. We are we are Naftali. Umesaprim. And then he even tells a story. Shabachas Hamochamos Bedorish Avru. One of the wars, the story is told that one of the officers came back to the headquarters and they said the enemy is attacking. The enemy is destroying our our outer battalion. And Miyad Nafal of Atzev is Ruach. And the officer became worried. He became sad. He's scared. What are we going to do? I'm not sure what's going to happen. And then a second per- person came into the headquarters. What's the matter? And he says, I just got an even worse report. What's the worst report? I heard that the officer on the front lines has given up hope and decides that it's not worth it anymore to fight. He doesn't think he could do it. When we give up hope, that's when we've lost the battle. And that's when we've lost the fight. We have to keep trying and keep fighting in any area, in any kind of project, personal, national, communal. And he even ends off and says, that's why the Medrash compares Klal Yisrael to a tolaas, to a worm. David Amalek even says it. Anochi tolaas veloish, in Tehillim. But the Medrash compares B'nai Yisrael to a tolaas. Why? It says your pink is beautifully. So you have a little worm. A little worm is going and all of a sudden a worm gets up to a wall. Uh-oh, I'm stuck. i got to go back. No, what does the worm do? He starts climbing the wall. He starts climbing the wall. Doesn't, the wall's not an impediment. I'm, I'm, I have to climb the wall? Okay, I'll climb the wall. Okay, I'll go up. I'll go around. Rachel, she davin, she davins. Yaakov, you're not davening for me? I'll take it into my own hands. Havali banim, imayin mesa anochi. I'll take it into my own hands. She gives her shifcha. She does everything she can because she knows this is what she has to do. That's the Yisod of Atzlacha. Finally, just to end off in the Sefer Sheifos. Sheifos is a whole Sefer, a whole fat Sefer, all about, you know, you got to keep doing it and you're great and you're wonderful. It's chizuk. It's a whole chizuk for a, for a, for a Ben Torah. To, to read that Sefer, it's about Sheifos. To always have strivings and yearnings. So there are quotes from Rav second Rav Shach of the night, that whenever Rav Shach used to give a bracha, so he's got to have a bracha and turn your Shemayim. Rav Shach used to say, "Im tirtzelo mod tiyagodlobatorah." He didn't just say you'll be a godlobatorah. He said, "If you really want it, you'll get it." That's the bracha Rav Shach gave, because that's the yisod of bracha. The yisod is if we want it, if we desire it. It might seem impossible, but little by little, little by little. Imagine what Mayor Lebliner thought in the 1920s when he had this idea called Dafyomi. It's a great idea. It's hard. It's difficult. Did he think how many millions and billions and billions of hours is related to that decision, to that idea? Billions and can't even fathom. Can't even fathom. But it all starts because if there's a dream and we keep fighting, that's what life's about. Meeting the challenges, meeting the difficulties and saying, this is just a roadblock. I'm doing the Akedah. It's just, it's the satin in front of me. I'm doing the Akedah. And Be'ez Hashem, if we could do that, we'll get the bracha and the schus that, that Rachel said. Rachel is the aim of Golos. Rachel Mavakal Baneha. She's the one. She named Naftali. Because she knew what it's all about. She knew what we needed. And we should be zochet to the schus of Naftali, who, by the way, was the fastest, as we know. He was like a deer. Because with all his troubles, you just start running. You start running, and you'll make it. That's Naftali overcoming any challenge. Okay, we'll stop here. And by the we will uh, continue.